Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Bridge Bank. Be safe, venture wisely. Today's Thursday, September 3rd. The Dow is way down, the trade deficit is up to a 12-year high, and we're focused on election night chaos. America is exactly two months away from Election Day, and it's shaping up to be a train wreck. That's true no matter which presidential candidate you support. The big issue is that all of us have been conditioned to expect a winner on election night, or at worst by the next morning. But that's highly unlikely in 2020 due to the expected surge of mail-in votes. In some states, like Michigan, local law prevents election officials from opening any ballot envelopes until Election Day itself. Earlier this week, the head of Mike Bloomberg's tech firm told Axios on HBO that his modeling shows Trump looking like the clear winner on election night due primarily to physical votes, but that Biden would actually win when all the mail-in votes are tallied, maybe a week or so later. Trump's reaction to that projection was to tweet out, quote, rigged election with a question mark, even though the interview said nothing of the sort. And then yesterday, the president suggested North Carolina voters should vote twice once via mail, and once in person, even though that would be illegal. In short, Trump is telling his supporters not to believe the results if they change, even though common sense says that change should be expected in one direction or the other. One solution to this pending chaos could be for states to simply not report any results until they've counted all or most of the mail-in votes. But so far, there seems to be very little appetite for that. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, New Mexico's Secretary of State and President of the National Association of Secretaries of State. But first, this. We're joined now by New Mexico Secretary of State Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, who also is President of the National Association of Secretaries of States. Secretary Oliver, you told my colleague Steph Kite the following, quote, if we put out numbers that are not accurate, that is going to drive the narrative. So my question for you, what are you and your peers doing to guard against driving a false narrative? We as election officials feel like it's really important not only to get election results out timely, because we understand both the perception of transparency of the process, as well as the perception that your election officials are competent, right? They're getting the job done appropriately. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to rush that for the sake of appearances, because if we cut corners, if we don't do everything to make sure we're dotting I's and crossing T's, then we could potentially get something wrong. And if we get something wrong, then whatever the wrong result is will be perceived as the right one, because that was the initial result. So what we're doing is just making sure we have our processes in place to address that. It's one thing to be wrong, right? You know, you have the wrong number of votes for one candidate. That's obviously a big problem. But under what we have for policy in a lot of states who are going to release the results of in-person voting as they get them on the night of the third, some will count absentee ballots that day, some will not. Don't most states run not just the risk, but kind of walking into this trap of de facto releasing very incomplete results, which in many cases might be wrong just by nature of incomplete results? Sure. Well, we all do that on election night. And one of the things that we don't really ever talk about amongst ourselves as citizens is the fact that, you know, for most people, election night, that's it. They see the results. We know how many ballots are in and counted and we know how many are outstanding. And for the most part, 
we can make a very solid educated guess about what the outcome is going to be, you know, because the math just doesn't add up to have a change in the outcome. The reality is election officials are continuing that process to make sure that they count every single ballot after election day. Problem is if we don't release any results on election night, there is a perception that something is going on behind closed doors or something went wrong. Particularly because you're president of the National Association of Secretaries of State. Have there been discussions about saying, you know what, whether we're in New Mexico or Ohio or Pennsylvania or any other state, let's make a change this year. Let's not say anything on the night of the third. Have independent people watching, but let's release numbers on the sixth or the seventh or when we really know who's going to win to avoid it looking like Biden or Trump wins the state and then it turns out to be the other guy. I would say it's a conversation. It's a conversation that is nascent at this point. We've had one brief conversation as a group of, you know, those of us secretaries, 40 or so of us that run elections in our states. I don't see a tremendous amount of appetite, you know, as we're talking now 60-ish days before the election, but we are continuing to meet on a weekly basis and talk and discuss. Potentially, we could get there, but I really don't envision a scenario where every chief election official in the country is going to be willing to kind of hold on to results until we're done with the election. We get a ton of pressure. And not to mention, if we have results that we're holding back, we could potentially get public records requests for those, right? I'm thinking of just any precinct, right? Count the first ballot, and then they count the 50th and the 500th and the 5,000th. The precincts don't release until they're done, right? They don't say, you know what, we've counted half of them. Here's the number. Couldn't the same thing be true at the state level? Yes and no, because to your exact point, you're exactly right. But then they go and in my state, post those results on the door on election night. And there's a state statute that requires that. We're not going to convene our state legislature again before election day. So if we tell them not to do that, then we'll be violating state law. And if they do do that, it'll defeat the whole purpose of trying to hold those election results back. So I think instead of trying to do something really unprecedented and different and withholding election results, probably the direction to be going in is talking more about how this actually works and just really urging folks to remember that whatever they read on election night is unofficial and it's not complete yet. Speaking of what's going to happen on election day and kind of processes and procedures, I assume you saw President Trump's comments yesterday in which he seemed to suggest in North Carolina people should request absentee ballots and then go to the polls also effectively vote twice. Leaving aside the fact that that's a felony in North Carolina, whether it be in New Mexico or other states, can you talk to me a little bit about the guardrails? In other words, if I'm in New Mexico and I request an absentee ballot and you send it to me, if I show up at my physical polling location on the third, can I still vote again? Or is there a little check mark or something saying he already voted, he got a ballot? Every state is going to have a system in place. And sometimes it may be a blunt instrument where once you've been issued an absentee ballot, you know, that's kind of it. If you show up on election day, it'll show that you voted. And whether you have or not, your only option at that point will be to vote a provisional ballot. And it'll get, you know, sorted out after the fact as to whether you did actually vote. We have a universal system where once you've been issued a ballot, it reflects that in the system. However, we can also tell whether that ballot has come back to the local election official. If it's already been counted, you'll vote provisionally. If it hasn't, you'll get to vote a regular ballot and we'll cancel the other one and that one won't get counted. So pretty much every state has a system like that in place for exactly this reason. And I will tell you that in almost every actual voter fraud case I've ever dealt with, whether as a local election official or as a state election official, and there have been very few, in almost every single case, it's been an example like the president suggests, where somebody's trying to test the system. Are you worried there's going to be more this year? Because in past cases, you haven't had a president kind of suggesting supporters should test the system? Of course, I'm worried. When the president says something, a lot of people listen. 
people should know that this is a very low reward, high risk scenario. In most states like in North Carolina and New Mexico, this is a felony to try to commit voter fraud. You could go to jail. You could lose your right to vote if you try to test the system this way. You and your peers, Secretary of State, sometimes strike me a little bit like umpires in a baseball game. If you're getting talked about after Election Day, there's a problem. You shouldn't be. You should be behind the scenes. Do you get the sense of from your peer group that they are about to become the story come November 4th? Well, I think we all know that's a possibility as we're heading into an election, any election, but particularly a presidential election. And states that have in particular had the microscope focused on them and the really crucial swing states in particular, I think they're really aware of the gravity of the moment and of the potential that any large or small decision they make could put them in the national news. But you're exactly right. As election officials, our reward for doing our job well is that nobody knows who we are. And our reward for making decisions that are not taken well is that the entire world knows our name. So we all want to try to avoid that. Final question, New Mexico specific. When do you believe we, we being the public, will know what the vote was in New Mexico? I think that as far as the presidential race is concerned, we will know on election night. We will definitely have outstanding absentee ballots left to count on election day. A lot of them are going to get handed in at the polls on election day, and that will take another day or so to get them counted. But I feel confident that we are going to have the vast majority of votes counted and in. And where the presidential race is concerned, I think we will know that outcome on election night. Secretary Oliver, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome back. Well, we're watching today's Facebook, which announced it won't accept political ads for the week before Election Day. It also plans to label posts from candidates who prematurely claim victory, instead directing users to official results, and will limit users from sending a messenger message to more than five people. Why it matters is that U.S. political misinformation and manipulation have long thrived on Facebook. And this is the social network's most aggressive move so far to fight it. We're also watching India, which has banned 118 so-called Chinese tech apps due ostensibly to national security concerns. This includes a popular gaming app made by Tencent and is part of a broader geopolitical battle that began recently with a physical military skirmish on the border, with India then escalating by becoming the first country to ban TikTok. And finally, some news from the small Alaskan village of Igiagik, where on Friday night, a young child needed to be flown out on a medvac plane. But the local airstrip's lights, they were out, and the plane couldn't land to pick the kid up. A few locals realized there was a problem when the plane kept buzzing by their homes and began phoning neighbors. In the end, around 20 cars and trucks showed up at the airstrip, using their headlights to help the plane land and then take back off with the child to arrive in Anchorage. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national Welsh Rarebit Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.